everyone. Welcome to the completely revamped podcast here during the high school football season. Two was kind of a uh, a drag on just trying to get everything together and also was kind of, you know, saying kind of we were redundant. We were a little repeating ourselves in some of the stuff. So uh, we felt this would be the best way is to just do one podcast. You'll get it on Tuesday. Should premiere around 5 o'clock every Tuesday. Uh, we're calling it now the uh, State Champs Michigan High School Football Extra Point and Prediction Podcast. So to uh, keep it simple, if you if you like, uh, you know, uh, acronyms, or it's uh, the EP&P. It's the EPAP, the Extra Point and Prediction Podcast. E-P-A-P-P. A fresh take on yes. the State Champs uh, podcast perspectives. And, yes. And, uh, you know, we're going to... Um, you know, reshape this thing, reformat yes. it, and, and um, we'll be off and running. That's what we do, uh, because we can. Uh, so, Matt Mowry, Scott Bernstein, and I'm Lauren Plant. We're all here for you, uh, and we'll do this uh, the rest of the way. Uh, so, we're hitting week eight now. It's obviously a massive uh, season in the high school football, uh, you know, playoff picture and all of that. Uh, so, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to do, uh, we're going to recap the games that, uh, we kind of predicted on the forecast. We're going to talk about uh, who was right and who was wrong in terms of predictions. Uh, we are going to also uh, then cover uh, what is uh, going on in the Hungry Howie's Mr. Football and State Champs Anvil Award competitions. Uh, we are having a, making a change in our Mr. Football race, so that's coming up a little bit later. We will have uh, Alan True uh, give us the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report later in the show. Matt Mowry is going to quickly talk about some of the movement in his rankings, and then then we're going to get to the top games for week eight of the football season. That will include the games we'll cover on television as well as some other games around the state. And we'll do the whole prediction thing at the end of the show. So uh, we got a lot to get to, so we're going to get going. I do want to thank the sponsors of our podcast. As always, Lawrence Technological University, the MHSAA, and Hungry Howies. I want to congratulate Lawrence Tech once again for a big win over uh, Trinity Bible in North Dakota, 65-12, to 12, I believe, or something was the, the 2, final. 2,000 miles travel. Both eight, ways. Yeah. So they're putting up 65, it seems like, every week. Uh, but, you know, this was an actual team. And uh, congratulations to them. If, you, if you're interested in Lawrence Tech football and want to know more about it, we have a podcast that airs on the network as well as at ltuathletics.com. We do it every Tuesday night, but then uh, we put it out the next day on Wednesday, so you can expect to see that. We talk with the, the head coach, and we talk with some of the players and everything that's happening with uh, Lawrence Tech football. All right. Here's what happened last week on State Champs. Uh, if you missed any of the show, you can check out all the highlights right now on our YouTube, Facebook, and check it out on Twitter. Uh, of course, we've got it at our website, statechampsnetwork.com. I always encourage you to go to our website. It seems like websites are almost obsolete nowadays, but not in the State Champs Sports Network stratosphere. Matt Mowry's got his rankings up there. He's got game stories. He's got feature articles. Scott Bernstein's always throwing blogs up there as well as our rundown uh, vlog that both you and Matt do together. Always great information out there. And again, talking hoops already, stuff like that that's happening. And of course, a lot of movement in the recruiting world, which I know a lot of you people eat up. So check it out. Commitments, coaching changes. That's right. Yeah, it seems like... Breakout stars, sleeper specials. That's right. He'll, he's, all there. Yeah, you've got all the vernacular yeah. when it comes to uh, uh, sweet my little supersonics, My supersonic sleeper specials. Yes, absolutely. And again, there's already movement in that whole Renaissance basketball coaching yeah. fiasco. A fiasco looks like he might be going back now. Well, it, might, it looks I don't like know, that uh, the, the courts might step in and oh. demand that uh, Renaissance rehire him. So if you want kind of a, a good synopsis on what took place, go and check out the video blog, the vlog, as it were, on our website, statechancenetwork.com. 
Vito.com that Scott and Matt Mowry did last week. So you can see that. Talk all and, about the Vito Jordan yes. uh, boys basketball fiasco over yes. at Renaissance. And it sure is. All right, let's get to the game. So Marine City uh, went on the road to take on St. Clair. We all felt that uh, the Mariners were a team that uh, is preparing itself to make a long run in the playoffs, but along came the Saints. And uh, looked like we had a great game, uh, 35-21 the final in this one, but we all predicted that Marine City would win this one. Ethan Mon was the man. Yeah. For St. Clair, ran for almost 200 yards and two or three touchdowns. And uh, just, uh, you know, it, it's a cliche, but big, big time players step up in big time games. And St. Clair made a statement with that victory. Oh, yeah. Rushed for almost 300 yards as a team, 297, I think. And, and Mon had 188 of it. And then Brady Gleason ran for one and threw for one. It, it was a pretty resounding defeat for, uh, for Marine City. It sounded like they, they really kind of stifled them throughout this game. Well, another one that was a resounding defeat was number nine, Warren DeLaSalle going wow. to Davison. And Davison, we had ranked 20 uh, in the state uh, coming in. Uh, of course, all of you felt that uh, Davison would win at you know home. What? You, to me, you know what this says? And this... I said that Warren DeLaSalle would do so. I'll tell the... you what this tells me. All LP on is this. that never, never underestimate the Catholic League Central. Yeah. Uh, a team they could be, you know, going uh, visiting a team from a different conference, and th- that team could be, uh, you know, uh, on fire like Davison is. But the the schedule that you play in the Catholic Central, the type of players that matriculate to the Catholic Central, um, the type of football they play, it, it it's the ultimate equalizer. And they went in there and. Uh, you know, stomped on on a Davison team that had been playing lights out mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with 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 a backup quarterback. So yeah, <laughs> I just hats off to Coach yeah. Giannoni and, and those uh, pilots. Well, yeah. yeah, and when Anthony Stepnitz went down, and there were a couple of quarterback you know injuries in that span in the Catholic League Central, and we kind of wondered how you know the fate of the teams would be tied to those quarterbacks. Yeah, Schultz has come in and just absolutely. They haven't missed a beat. I mean, he's – what do you have, three first-half touchdowns in this game? Yeah. It just it, – I kind of almost jokingly said that he wasn't going to put up Cannon Hall numbers in this game because that's not really his job, but he almost kind of did. I mean, he had he had an impressive game, and he's had an impressive run in this last couple of weeks. And with the defense that team has – yeah. Well, I, was looking know, what and, da- I was looking at what Davidson had done to both Southwood A&T from the OA Red right. and uh, FCA Flint Carmen Ainsworth and, you know, kind of trying to translate that into what was going to happen a- a- against De La Salle. And it just my my I miscalculated. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, again, you're right. Never underestimate the central. Uh, every That's the one thing about high school football. You know, you, you, you see these ebbs and flows sometimes and you just can't call it. And De La Salle um, rallied again. Um, Giannone teams are going to be tough defensively, and th- and that's what they said. Look, no matter what, we're going to if we limit them to seven points, we're going to win the game. So, and we've talked a lot about Josh DeBerry as a receiver yeah. and how impressive he is both ways. He picked off Cannon Hall in this yeah. game, yeah. second interception of the year for Cannon yeah. Hall. He's been so impressive, and I believe this is the first game all year long that he's been held out of the end zone. Yeah. Their only uh, touchdown against De La Salle came on defense for a, with a long fumble return. And the talk is now that De La Salle may end up in Division 3 
which will be uh, an inter- yeah. interesting a scenario. Of teams slipping yeah, down that just, could yeah, based on how many teams in the so bottom. We could see De La Salle Muskegon again at some point, uh, maybe at Ford Field. Millington and Frankenmuth got together. Millington falls to 5-2, and two, Frankenmuth 6-1 and one now with a 35-12 and they, win. We all call that. And Frankenmuth wins the uh, league championship. So... Winner, winner, chicken dinner for everyone uh, up there. That's right. That's so. right. <laughs> well, this is one of those games, too, where you have a game plan, and it sounded like Millington thought, okay, we're going to shut down the veer option. We're not going to let them run the ball. But that's part of the equation. Yeah. What happened was Frankenmuth adjusted and went to the air, and Nick Hartman had six yeah. catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns, and Connor Campbell completed eight of 12 passes for 205 yards and three touchdowns, and... Well, yep. that's, that's the second part of the chess match. You get the first move, but then the second move is making that secondary adjustment, and Frankenmuth kind of won that portion of the of the calculation contest. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, of the games we had on state champs, uh, they're one of the few at home that actually won this week. So we've had a lot of road road dogs uh, getting victories. That's where uh, I was at. Uh, we're about to talk about the game uh, in, yes. the, in the LVC. I was yes. out at uh, South Lion, visited Waterford Mott. It was a great game, and uh, uh, South Lion – Continues the uh, hot streak. They're undefeated and uh, took another step towards a, a, an unexpected uh, LVC title that it looks like, uh, you know, if, if they can win this week against Wildlife Western, um, looks like they'll wrap up. And Despite you choosing Waterford Mod yeah. at home to win the game. Well, what I will say, uh, I, I said it was a gut check time and, and a time to look in the mirror for Waterford Mott, <laughs> and, and they showed a lot of heart um, in this game. And, uh, yeah, only lost 21-14. Lost 21-14. South Lion came in to uh, the Corsairs' home and, and, and walked out with the victory. But uh, Corsairs playing, uh, played, played real scrappy. And uh, they had a backup quarterback in, a backup running back. And really, if some things would have gone a little differently, they would have played a little smarter. They would have uh, not made some of the mistakes they made going down the stretch. They, they've easily won that night easily come out on top. Uh, their backup quarterback, Trevor Ely, over 300 yards combined from scrimmage and only as, you know, I think first or second start. Um, but this was, this, this, the story of this game was South Lion and just came in uh, to Mott and did what they've been doing all season, playing fundamentally sound football, uh, uh, gritty, gutty, intelligent football, mistake-free football. Um, Ian Goins, their uh, senior running back who missed the first three games of the, of the year with an injury, Went over the uh, Century Plateau for the second uh, second time in four weeks. Ran for a hundred, uh, hundred and ten. Caught a sixteen yard uh, touchdown pass from Connor Fercasi. Um Guys like Jesse Powell and and uh, uh, on that defense doing really uh, a great job. Mitch Hanna and um, just yeah. really impressed with 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 Coach Henson has those South Lion Lions doing this this year. Well, and I talked. I covered the kind of the opposite end of the equation for next week's matchup. I covered Wild Lake Western on Friday. Um, they they managed to kind of hold off a, a South Lion East team that has been the secondary surprise yeah. in that South Lion uh, um, area. Really good defense for South Lion East, and they held that offense for Wild Lake Western in check for the vast majority of the game. And and Western kind of finally popped a long one near the end of the game, but only kind had of, twelve points. Yeah, only had twelve points, and and South Lion East's <laughs> only points came on a kickoff return. Yeah. So it was you know so two field goals and and a kickoff return, and then the one long you know t- one long pass that set up a short touchdown run. But in talking with Alex Grignan, who came over from South Lion, oh, yeah. I said, "Did you see this coming?" Could you kind of tell that the that the seeds were there for this? Because I, I 
They were one and eight. South Line yeah. was one and eight last year. They started thirteen or fourteen sophomores. Right. And that with, all, they're juniors now. He said, with all that youth that got experience last year and how hard they busted their butts in the off season and all the workouts. Remember, he came over to Western very late, so he was part of a lot of the off season stuff at South Lion too. And he said, yeah. I wouldn't have left just for anything. I mean, obviously, he very, you know, plum opportunity to go to Wald Lake Western and be the head coach. And that's, you know, and that's your aspiration. You you grab a chance, uh, you know, a shot whenever you get it. But he knew that was a good situation he was leaving. He was not, he was definitively not leaving, you know, because that, that program was going nowhere or anything like that. He said he still, you know, talks quite a bit with, with the offensive coordinator and the offensive staff over there, um, although they're, discussions by text may be a little curtailed this week going into their matchup but it's going to be a good matchup to kind of and it will kind of I don't think this this league race will be settled until week nine but this is a very very definitively big game and Mott who had been sitting four and one I believe uh has lost three of four and they need to win out to uh, yeah. to get into the to get into the postseason <laughs> Yeah, uh, for all intents and purposes, this is the championship game for the Lakes Valley uh, this week. Uh, You know, so South Line East is still left on the schedule for South Line, but they already have a couple losses, so they would have so so South Line would have to lose. And, yeah, uh, and then what? Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, that's where we're at. So uh, game that I shot. I went to Lutheran Westland. It was homeland, uh, homeland, homecoming there, and uh, uh, taking on a Detroit Public Safety team. I was real curious to kind of see again. You know, you talk about small schools and numbers. I mean, it's like you know each team's got like seven, eight guys on the sidelines when uh, a particular side of the ball is on the field. But uh, it was all public safety. Lutheran Westland came out, scored first, looked good on their first drive, uh, and uh, and then public safety kind of just went to work. I want to. Definitely shout out. They got a sophomore QB. Bridges. Small. I mean, he barely, you could see him over the line. I'm trying to, like, you know, kind of find where the ball's going to be snapped. And uh, just a sophomore, um, but he can sling it. He's a southpaw, and uh, he has a junior wideout, Maurice Williams, who uh, scored a couple of touchdowns in the first half. They went 22 unanswered in the second uh, to win. And, uh, again, this is, they've only been a program for a couple of years. I think it's three years. This might be their fourth. Um, The bottom line is, you know, they were so excited. They're in the playoffs. They did the water drop on the coach. And, uh, uh, again, you know, you can tell for a school, and again, Detroit Public Safety uh, is a school that uh, basically is preparing the next generation of firefighters and policemen. So that's what that's what this charter school is. It's kind of connected to Central Michigan. Let's get to what took place on the main event this week, uh, a game we were very excited about, the battle for Dearborn Heights. Another league title handed uh, out. Absolutely. Crestwood and Robichaud. Uh, of Dearborn Heights both getting together. These were two undefeated teams. First time this had happened, probably ever, that they were both undefeated at this point in the season. Sean and I were the two that correctly uh, predicted this outcome. But again, a, a great game no matter what, 32-22. to 22. Did you notice that he always points out when he correctly predicted oh, yeah, it? Yeah, and exactly. we, we, we gloss over it that's right. otherwise. That's right. Yeah, oh, that's right, because I said Lutheran Westland yeah. would win in, in, in that one. You're right. But uh, I did correctly pick yeah. South Lion, as did Sean and uh, Matt, as you took Matt. Sorry. You're right. You're right. I do do that. I do do that, yes. This is one where, where you have a game of this magnitude, especially for teams that haven't necessarily been in it before. And Crestwood jumps out to an 18 nothing lead after 15 minutes of the game. And that can be, for a team that hasn't been in this position before, that can be deflating. Now, Robichaud battled right back, and they've got that young quarterback. That, yeah, he made it 18-14. But then I believe uh, Crestwood recovered an onside kick to start the second half. Is uh, that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. John, John Chaudet. Yeah. It, it, 
but it seemed like that was the turning point in the game, and then Crestwood kind of pulled away in the second half. They had Adam Kasab, who ran for 181 yards and two touchdowns, and, and Jaquan Smith for, for two scores. I, and haven't, I haven't seen Kasab, but uh, listening to his coach, Mike Berry, talk about uh, what a workhorse this kid is and what kind of a, a madman he is, the the motor on him, the relentless spirit, the um, just the, the grit and, and – uh, tenacity that he displays when he runs the ball. Uh, I think he said something like, "This guy's going a thousand miles an hour, yeah. no matter you know whether he is on offense, right. whether he's on defense. Uh, you know, snap to snap, uh, this guy is a playmaker, and and you know, it took him to a league t- took him to a league championship." Absolutely. Uh, I do want to mention another game that uh, we did have on the show as far as Grand Rapids go. Uh, Muskegon Mona Shores held on to beat Jenison 49-42. to uh, They remain undefeated. Well, we're going to have a feature this week on uh, Jenison quarterback Kyle Knott, who has kind of engineered a, a – he's part of engineering a little bit of a turnaround there in Jenison. Obviously, they, they played the big boys the last two weeks. They played Muskegon and, and Mona Shores, but they still have to get a chance to get into the playoffs for the first time in a long time over the next two weeks at uh, at 4-2. and two. So that, that kind of show, I think that was maybe a little bit of a coming out party that I, I think we all expected Mona Shores would win that game, but Jenison put on a heck of a show sure to did. stay right with them, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, next couple of weeks if they get those wins that they need to get into the playoffs. That'll be fun to watch in the playoffs. A team that that hasn't been there in a long time that has a shot to do something. We'll, it'll be interesting to see what Jenison does from here on out. Just backtracking for a second, Crestwood uh, won the league title and qualified for the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. Yeah, so okay. kind of the similar though. Yeah, what? yeah, very similar, very similar. Uh, yeah, it was a great atmosphere out there. And so those are all the games that you can watch on State Champs, uh, whether it's our YouTube page, Facebook, uh, on Twitter, or of course at our website, statechampsnetwork.com. That's everything we had on the show this past weekend. Some other games of interest around the state. We'll kind of quickly run through these. Uh, Oxford and Clarkston. This was, just, this was a crazy weekend. Yes, it was. Uh, week 7 yeah. for the MHSA football, at least in Metro Detroit, mm-hmm. was just upset city. Yep. Now, um, again, a few weeks back, we would have said, hey, Oxford might have a chance yeah. of winning this game because They'd of how well they were playing. Kind of yeah. stumbled, so we all kind of just said, Clarkson's going to roll this thing. And that's what happens when the, the, you just say things on paper. And and they, you know, they, and they dialed, they dialed up the a, a, a defense that, that kept... Uh, the three Jakes in check, uh, Jake Jensen, Jake Honstetter, and, and Jake Bullett, and Drew uh, Carpenter, the Oxford uh, senior quarter, or I'm not sure if he's a senior or a junior. Drew Carpenter, the quarterback for the Wildcats, the uh, game-winning touchdown in the last 20 seconds, and and, and Bud Rowley's croup is uh, is rolling. Yeah, and Clarkson's only offense really came on special teams, right, with a couple of kick returns for scores. Yeah, by Josh Luther. Josh, Lu- Josh Luther and, and a field goal, and other than that, yeah, when when you can keep a, an offense off the board, essentially, got a real good chance. And uh, yeah, that, that game winning touchdown that was that was special. I saw that highlight. Yeah, yeah. Drew's a junior. Oh yeah, yeah, so Drew Carpenter, twenty twenty. Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, twenty to seventeen was the final in this one to do it in Clarkston, who we have fifth ranked in the state. Fantastic uh, for them. And again, we love it because it just means that you know what, there is nobody invincible out there. The playoffs are going to be super exciting. And no, West Bloomfield lost to A and T. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Adams beat uh, Harrison. Yes. Harrison. Yes. CC lost to, to Orchard, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Mary's. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we talk about the rankings. Yeah. It was like I moved a whole block of teams yeah. south, like yep. four or five spots. Yep. Well, another one that uh, you could uh, 
you could deem an upset only the fact that Romeo had been playing so well too. But Macomb Dakota, we got him ranked 19th. They moved to six and one. Uh, double overtime. This one took only Sean Belizean predicted this one uh, to win, but it was Dakota and the Toco train. More Toco magic. 37-30 over Romeo. Two touchdowns in the air, two touchdowns on the ground for Toko. I mean, that's he's been really consistent yeah. all year long in being very, very good. And he's one of those guys we've talked about a lot, but maybe doesn't get quite enough credit for, for being a pretty good high school quarterback. And the guy that I want to shout out there that I've been getting some emails about, uh, linebacker Jeremiah Major, who uh, I, I think had 12 or 13 tackles in that game, and a guy that's, a, um, I, I like using the term, a real force of nature, sideline to sideline uh, for that defense. Um, it looks like he might matriculate uh, in the college ranks to Mount Union, which is a Division Three superpower. Yeah. Um, so, I, I wouldn't be shocked with with a talent like him if you know some D two schools come in and uh, maybe even some smaller D one schools. But you know he he's the guy that's the, that's the kind of the motor that makes that defense run. This is kind of one of those taking care of business uh, games for for Dakota because yeah. if they want a shot at at having at least a share of that Mac Red title, had to win this one, and then now they have to get some help. They have to beat Eisenhower next week, and then they have to get some help from Romeo, which takes on uh, Chip Valley, which yep. I know is going to be one of the games that we're focusing on next week. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that this is what the, you kind of have to have the first part before you can get the second need a part. Help. Yeah, you got to win out. You need a little help, help. but yeah, yeah it's it. Keeps those 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 hopes alive for yet another week. God, I picked Romeo. My my uh, win loss record last week yeah, was horrid. Yes, it is. Oh, six yeah. of six yeah. of, six and nine. I'm, yeah, I'd like to actually do a whole composition of, okay. of a compiling of all of, of how we've been. And yeah, I think Sean, you might be at the, at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> overall. Just not uh, not your season so far. All right, uh, I'll rebound. Yeah, Fenton and Flushing got together. Uh, both teams now five and two on the season. As it was Flushing getting a convincing. Uh, win at home, twenty-six to seven. The final. We all thought Fenton would be able to go on the road and win this one. We were all wrong. Well, and we thought that this was kind of one of those that it's been their house for a long time, seven straight years. I think that they've had at least a share of the Flint Metro title. Yep. This was kind of their last gasp to hold on to that, and it did slip through their fingers. Um, it won't be the won't be a part of the discussion for the title necessarily, but they're still going to have an impact because Swartz Creek, who's leading the pack, goes to Fenton next week. Um, and then another, has and then has team we'll talk about yeah, later and, in the show. And then has Brandon in week nine. So Swartz Creek has has been kind of the leader in the clubhouse, but hasn't shut the door so far because they still got Fenton and Brandon, who are two tough teams. They've got three teams with a chance. Swartz Creek is six and zero, oh, Flushing is five and one, and Brandon is five and one in the league right now. So it's going to come down to these next two weeks. Um, Flushing's got Clio and then Kersley, and Brandon's got the rivalry game against Holly, and then they've got Swartz Creek in the last week of the season. So it's not over. Although Fenton really doesn't, you know, mathematically is going to be hard for them. I, I haven't crunched the numbers to see. I don't think it's possible for them to get back in it. But right. they can still affect the race at this point. Well, um, uh, that's, um, yeah, I would say that's a, at the uh, position you want to be in. Now, you, you, I, I think Swartz Creek is 6-1. and one. Six and one overall, six yeah. and zero in the conference. Got it. Yeah. Six yeah. and zero in the Flint yeah, Metro, right? Dude, just talking. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah. I mean, you know, again, Fenton is, uh, regardless of the title, they can look to playoffs, but two yeah. very tough games: Swartz Creek, then Waterford Mott. 
to end the year. And Mott's playoffs hopes yeah. might be riding yeah. on that one. Yeah. So uh, that will be very uh, interesting to see how that turns out. And that's kind of an interesting kind of final game there, too, to have uh, going on. So three rivers in Edwardsburg got together. With the Trey Harvey show. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, But again, Sean, you thought three rivers was going to win this game, and it was the Eddies, 38-15, to 15, yeah. uh, taking this one. Uh, they are Perfect on the year, and and again a real force heard, to be reckoned. I heard there was like four thousand people at this game. Yeah. I mean, that's like wow. uh, you know, uh, it, it would be a uh, a cat burglar's uh, fantasy <laughs> yeah. to just you know rummage through that town when everyone's <laughs> at the football game. Yeah, because. Uh, uh, it was like a you know ghost town in, on Main Street when everyone was Jeez. out wa- watching these two uh, these two squads uh, slug it out. But uh, Trey Harvey had over I think uh, close to 300 yards combined from scrimmage. Ran for like 160, 170, threw for uh, 160, 170, and uh, you know he's a he, he's a dynamo. Yeah, and this is we mentioned on the preview show that this was one where Three Rivers had won this game in the regular season last year. Right. Edwardsburg got a little streak. bit of revenge in the playoffs, but it's still yeah. nice for them to come back in the in the regular season and kind of reassert the fact that they're the dominant uh, team in that in that league, and and then conceivably we could see them in the playoffs again, which would be another probably barn burner. Yeah, and that. Uh... Yeah, that happens uh, so often where, you know, you've got uh, rivalries that you have to face almost right away uh, in the uh, first round of the playoffs. So uh, another matchup that that we had going on, Traverse City, St. Francis, and Sheboygan getting together. I know Sheboygan are your boys. Yeah, as much as I love my boys and my my kind of adopted uh, up north uh, uh, town and community, I, I, I didn't pick them. No, you didn't. I kind of foresaw this, yeah, yeah. this happening. That yeah, the, the St. Francis. Francis is... This is a little too much uh, uh, to handle if, if you're if you're the if you're the Chiefs. Yeah, forty yeah forty nine eight was the final. I just wanted to get that in there, and they moved to seven and zero. Saint yeah, Francis. Saint Francis had thirty five of those points in the first half, okay. and they had five different players ran for touchdowns. Artie Dutmers had two of them, and you know, it's one of those where they didn't let Sheboygan linger around at all, and you kind of put the uh, put the foot right on the neck. The Gladiators uh, actually. And now that they've sealed up the conference title, they play winless Kalkaska next week. And then they got a doozy of a non-conference game in the last week of the season. New Lothrop, nice. who's also unbeaten. So yeah. that's going to be one of those two. Who has Flushing's about... old star, Aiden Harris, yeah. headed to yeah. um, uh, Missouri. Yeah. And that's that, with New Lothrop, it, when, we, when we saw him go there, that was kind of like, oh, well, that's just a cherry on top. Because yeah. that was a good team coming yeah. in. Yeah. Wasn't like he made he was the one who made the difference. That was a very, very good program. But that should be a barn burner. Well, it's kind of nice, too, when you've already got everything sewed up. Here, Here's our test. Yeah. Let's just the playoffs start yeah. today. Yep. And if you do lose that game, you have, another, you have a right. chance to come back can play but it also says hey boys it's win or go home so you know let's play a great team and see how we come out grace lake grass lake is a great team they are 7-0 after beating napoleon 32-7 this was a road win for them uh one that we all felt uh the way it would shake out uh so good on grass lake well, and they've been kind of one of those teams that that had been a powerhouse in that conference, and last year was not their year. They ended up being out of discussion. I believe they're tri champions in the league. And over the last two weeks, they, they've kind of come into the season going, "This is our league. We're going to take it back now." Um, they've beaten two of the three tri champions. They've held four straight opponents to ten points or less, and they've 
you know, Sean Hickey had 131 yards passing, ran for another score. Trenton Holden ran for 138 yards and three scores. Pretty emphatic over the last couple of weeks where they've kind of shut the door on everyone else in this league to uh, to clinch the title. All right, well, a couple other ones that uh, we felt were interesting matchups uh, turned out to be the favorites one-handedly. Uh, Spring Lake is 5-2 and two on the year if they fall to Grand Rapids Catholic Central, who moves to 6-1, 35-12, that one. And uh, the Middleville at East Grand Grand Rapids game. Uh, we all felt that uh, East EGR would hold it down at home. They did. They win 33-13. to 13. Really good statement win for them as well. Yeah. It's with, with the Catholic Central win, they just kind of... Uh, Spring Lake was one of those stories to start off the season that yeah. very nice story, yep. and then they kind of run into a buzzsaw over the last yeah. couple of weeks. And Grand Rapids Catholic Central is playoff bound for the 11th straight year, had yeah. 400 yards offense with Joe Collins throwing for, I think, 170 yards and two touchdowns. And it, this sets up a very interesting game between Catholic Central and West Catholic for that league title um, in the OK. It's, it's good. That'll, that'll be one of those fun ones this weekend that will kind of clinch up a, a league title. And then East Grand Rapids just kind of did what East Grand Rapids has been doing to everyone yeah. since a kind of a bumpy start to the season. Yeah. And, you know, Middleville was, was another one of those kind of good stories that had come out of nowhere and then kind of run into the, the big boys in the conference and, and, and fallen back. DRC's got some nice college prospects. Uh, that we're, we're going to talk about one of them with Alan True. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously they, they sent uh, Mr. Mayfield over to Ann Arbor. Jalen Mayfield uh, uh, with the Wolverines right now. And they got, a, you know, they got Jace Williams, who we're going to talk about with Alan True. Yeah. And, uh they got Luke Harmon on the offensive line, who I, I believe is going to Bowling Green. Okay. Um, so they got they got some nice uh, yeah they got some, some nice some nice talent in uh, the, uh, the cupboard is far from bare. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, and now a perennial state championship contender yeah. for sure. But good stories about Spring Lake and Middleville. Uh, both are five and two. They just need to get into the playoffs, and uh, who knows uh, how they'll do. So um, I'm I'm glad that you did a little summary. So on the predictions this week, uh, Sean Belizean went ten and four. Good on Sean. Uh, I went nine and five. Matt eight and six. Bernie six and nine. So wow. uh, that's where we fell out after a week seven of action. We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break. When we come up, come back, we're going to talk about the Hungry Howies Mr. Football Race and the State Champs Anvil Award, and uh, uh, we'll go over what's happening uh, with with both of those uh, when the State Champs Michigan High School Football Extra Point and Prediction Podcast continues. My passion is architecture. I don't want to sit around passively studying. I need to create. In our architecture studios at Lawrence Tech, we collaborate with students, faculty, and professionals from around the world. And from day one, we design using the same industry standard software the architecture firms use. I really feel like I'm designing my own future here. Lawrence Tech, possible is everything. I ordered two large Howie Mowies with butter cheese crust. Wow, you are one serious breast cancer awareness supporter. Warrior for love, hope, and pizza. Can't seem to reach my wallet. Flavor fanatics love us because for every pizza sold in October, a portion goes to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Now get a medium one-topping pizza for a dollar when you buy a large one-topping pizza at regular menu price. Hungry? Howie's! All right, welcome back to the State Champs Michigan High School Football 
Extra Point and Prediction Podcast. That is what this thing has evolved into. We just have one podcast now per week. We felt that would be better. We'll just get it all knocked out. We'll talk a little bit about what took place over the weekend. We'll talk a little about what's going to be taking place this weekend. And we've got some stuff in between. Now we're in between. And what we want to talk about uh, here is the Hungry Howies, Mr. Football Race, and the State Champs Amble Award. The hardware. That's right. So we have kind of uh, our smaller versions of the awards here. The uh, actual one that's given out actually has another level of platform. And and this anvil here that we actually have created is going to be plated uh, coming up as well. So uh, it will look a little a little cooler. But this is an actual anvil. I think it looks you, pretty cool it, right now. It does. If you try to pick that thing up, it's it's heavy. <laughs> it's it's like a 12-pound anvil. So uh, anyway, that that's what we got going on. So uh, a couple of things because these races kind of mirror each other. So a lot of the criteria in that stays the same. So as far as the timeline, this is pretty much the way it's going to go. The top 10 is going to freeze after week one of the playoffs. Voting will end Wednesday, November 21st at noon. That's a few days following the state semifinals. Final four will be chosen and announced on our State Champs State Finals TV show, which airs Sunday, November 24th at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. Now, it's possible we might leak out some things that happen maybe on a podcast or something. Maybe uh, that's just for you guys uh, if we do that. Our champion will be crowned a few days later following the state finals with a few full feature on our final State Champs TV show of the year, which is December 2nd at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. There is one caveat that might get mixed in, and that is with reference to the Anvil Award and when that will actually be announced. There could be something very cool that's in the works. I'm not going to uh, tease it, nor am I going to jinx it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, these guys don't even know. But uh, that is what we are working on. And if it does happen, uh, it's just awesome for our first year in, in handing out this award. Now, the selection criteria that goes, um, because a lot of people wonder, how do you guys pick Mr. Football or this Anvil Award winner? How, how do you guys do that? So it's very simple, and it's on our website. Uh, and this selection criteria has not changed. And it actually, uh, we feel, is a very... Um, uh, fair and um, determining process on, on who should win. So 30% of the vote or 30% of how we decide uh, is your performance throughout the season. So we rank basically your performance throughout the season and uh, 30% of the of the um, uh, selection criteria is there. 20% is your level of competition. So do you play a, a stack schedule? Like for instance, uh, you know, for Austin Brown, no uh, discredit to him, uh, but Madison's, you know, strength of schedule is much different than that of, say, uh, Sam Johnson's. Yeah, well, it's a Division Seven program versus yeah. a Division One or Two program. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but again, that uh, if other factors uh, weigh in, it could even it out to where it would be uh, in Austin's favor. The online vote is 15%. So the online vote is uh, a, a, a big way of, uh, no, the online vote is 20%. My bad, I'm sorry. Yeah, 20% level of competition, 20% is the online vote. So this is big. So Sam Johnson is our leading vote-getter right now. Uh, if he wins, he automatically, uh, and again, there's been even talk like, gosh, Sam Johnson, if he was not the leading vote-getter, he may fall out of our top 10. So The offense has only scored uh, 19 points the last two weeks. So, so there you go. So Sam Johnson, though, his fans are keeping him in this race. If he does win the online vote, he's in the Final Four, and he will automatically have a 20% advantage over everyone else because he wins that category. That's how it works. 15% goes to big game performance. So obviously playoffs. Some of these games at the at the end of the season, you know, Waterford Mott playing a Swartz Creek or something Fenton. like that. Or Fenton. Fenton. Fenton, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, bad example. But 
for well, instance. But I mean that that is I think that's legitimate though. You yes. look at Southwood A and T's got to play Rouge. Yes. That last week. Yes. You know, for Jerome McKinney is a right. big one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, you know the, the uh, PSL championship game. We'll have Daquan Finn and Jaron Mangum both on display in that one. That that's big. Uh, so uh, highly recruited athlete. This is we 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 don't want to put. We really originally didn't want to put any credence toward this, but there is some value. You are a highly recruited athlete. In the Mr. Football race, there needs to have something that's there that goes yeah. to that 5% of that. So, uh, if again, a lot of factors are even. If you are, if, if let's say, uh, we'll just stop. throw it out there. Let's just say uh, Jaquan Finn and uh, Isaac Van Dyke end up being all equal in all other categories. Uh, Finn would have the leg up because of the college recruiting. Exactly. And out of the ten, just set, at the end. Out of the ten of, of these candidates, seven seven of them are considered genuine yes. Division One recruits. Yes, exactly. So, with that said, and we're going to start with the Mister Football race. We do have a change in our top ten. Now, we do not have it on the website as of this moment. We'll have it up there a little bit later in the week, so you can be- begin voting for this gentleman. Uh, I have seen Stevie Wonder Walker play uh, this play. season. Matt Mowry has seen Stevie Walker play, uh, and uh, he ran for 377 yards on 19 <coughs> carries, five touchdowns versus Howell. Granted, a Howell team that is not as good as uh, Highlander. Yeah, man, anytime you're close to past. 400 yards, yeah. I don't care who yeah, you're yeah. playing yeah. for. That Absolutely. is a game to remember. That's right. That is a, this is uh, Division One. We're yeah, talking about that is a, <laughs> that is a benchmark in your career. And, uh, yeah, he has been racking up, and I do, we do. He's not the have, real deal, Holyfield in no, the backfield. No, we do not have his complete stats and everything as of right. I'm telling you, they will blow you away when you see him. Uh, his numbers are gaudy. Granted, he runs in an offense, the tight T at Canton. Mm-hmm. That is, if you are a, a, a one who has speed and explosiveness, you are going to do well in this offense because they hide the ball so well as to, you know, if the quarterback's got he it. He runs with power, back, though, too. He I mean, he's a guy that can go up in between the tackles and, you know, isn't afraid of well, contact. Most of his runs are, yeah, those yeah. quick hitters right straight Absolutely. up the middle, and all of a sudden the seam is split, and right. he's he's 24 yards downfield before you even realize who's got the ball. And right. if you talk about, you know, there's not a lot of separation between, say, the linebacker and Steve. They know Walker's going to get the ball. Right. And, you know, Walker's got basically a fraction of a second to make a move on right. this linebacker who's coming full bore, and a lot of times he will sidestep. He's got get great. Around him he's or, got great field vision. And, yeah, and I haven't seen him this year, but I saw him last year. Yeah. And what really jumped out about him to me last year, obviously you know about him on the offensive side of the ball, but he's a pretty hard hitting safety on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. I'm not sure how many snaps he's getting on defense this year, yeah. but last year, I mean, he could he's lay playing. the wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing. And and I think a lot of times at this level, um, guys that play both ways, especially whether you're a, you're in the backfield, you know, that your 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 performance on defense and the the foundation that for, for you as a football player on defense can a lot of times translate to offense like I just said about his field vision. I mean, he knows what the you know, how the defense is stacking up against him. He knows what to look for. He knows all the ins and outs, the seams to try to exploit. So, so Cannes five and two right now. Uh, they have uh, losses to Brighton and Livonia Churchill. Churchill right off the bat, uh, which was an upset at home. You know, but a lot of times in Week One, uh, stuff like that can happen. They had uh, really had some some big wins. Tough loss to Brighton, twenty three seventeen. That was a game you were at. Yeah, yeah in overtime, uh, they've come back to to thump Novi and Howell in back to back weeks, putting thirty five and forty eight up respectively. They've got Heartland this week. So we should uh, tell people that he's we're gonna he's gonna replace Oak Park quarterback Dewan Mathis. Yeah. Correct. That was gonna be my next point. Oh, I'm sorry. Saying, that's okay. It's just. Uh, 
finishing that. And then, um, yeah, again, there's a crossover. And and if they do, what a great way to set up the playoffs. Canton and Forts and two teams again. We know the Forts and fans are very passionate about this particular team. Well, and two teams that are just outside the top 25 kind of area. They're in the 30 to 30, you know. Oh, you don't have Fortson in the top 25, Matt? I do not. I do not. I've had you heard anything about that? Is, anyone, yeah. uh, Is there anyone uh, who maybe thinks it? Yes. <laughs> Any Tractors fans that yes. are showing up at your house knocking on your door at 3 in the morning? Yeah, you're going to give out my phone number in a second, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, again, it, we can do that when we have no credibility. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just the way it is. You know, we can just kind of do whatever we want from now yeah. on. But, uh, yeah, um, we're going to have some great matchups. Steve Walker is in. Scott mentioned it, Dwan Mathis. We are pulling out right now, and again, sometimes you are a victim of circumstance of the offense you play in. Um, although I understand he did have a pretty good game on Friday night. Uh, they're just they're, they're it's they're, just not they're, centered well, around their league him. Because, is a little top heavy this yeah. year, and they played their two toughest games to start the year. Yeah. Now they'll have a couple uh, uh, tough tough matches in the the end of the season, but they've kind of been playing the cupcakes and and beating the cupcakes like they should. Yeah. Um, so. He's you know, going to have a chance to play his way back. I would, way back it's, it's great to be ho-hum 7-0. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. right. I'm sure Greg Dwan, Carter would want it no yeah, other I'm sure Dwan Mathis would rather be 7-0 and out of the Absolute, football race, absolutely. or out of the Mr. Football race absolutely. at this exactly. juncture right. than to be 5-2 and two or 4-3 or and, and and putting up big numbers. Which is, which is exactly kind of why he's been limited somewhat, because Greg Carter does not want to throw the ball all over the yeah. field with the running backs that they have he and the line run, that they have. And he's not a running score-up type no, guy. Yeah, no, and he's, he's going to play. They played it pretty close to the vest, and I— Primarily, they want to pound the ball, and now he's some part of that where he runs, you know, design quarterback runs and quarterback draws and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, they haven't been slinging it around the yard. He could. Well, I'll tell but... you what, you've got West Bloomfield and Clarkson yeah. the last two weeks. Yep. Uh, both of those teams are going to design themselves to stop the run, yeah. and so uh, this is going to be the opportunity where Mathis is going to have. Uh, late game mm-hmm. and mid game choices to make. The in cupcake terms of, circuit is over. With. It is. It's now uh, you know you're going to sit with the big boys, and uh, he showed that you know uh, well, obviously he's a three year starter. Yeah. Uh, and he showed at the beginning of the the, the the campaign with with really nice wins against Ike and Groves. Yep. yep. And you know now it's uh, it's time to go into to the next gear right now. Right. And you mentioned that one part of the the consideration is big game game performance and how he did early in the year and those two wins that were you know over Groves and uh, Ike. and Ike and, and these last two particularly are going to factor into whether or not he you know and Harrison, has a chance. He, he beat Harrison. And Harrison he beat yeah. Harrison without Malik Carr. Yep. So uh, you know uh, Carr's back now and I think he had a couple touchdown uh, catches last week and um, he's a guy that's got like a some. Re- some ridiculous, uh, ridiculous uh, yards, yards per catch. Per catch yeah. uh, he's averaging like you know forty yards per catch or something. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, this is uh, a fluid award, and uh, we will have uh, opportunities for other guys to play their way in. Again, we don't stop. We don't close out the top ten until um, after week one of the playoffs. And again. You know, these are opportunities that, regardless of the voting, maybe you you come in at, at a later stage, like Steve Walker is right now, uh, and uh, you will have an opportunity to still be in our final four, yeah. just based on because we only the online vote champion gets in. And what I like about it right now, in th- with this specific situation of putting Walker in and taking Mathis out, Juwan Mathis, it's like 
you want to be back in the race, you have every opportunity to get back in the race. You got two big games, West Bloomfield and Clarkson. You go out and you play big in those two games, you're back in the race and possibly have a chance to to to, to make a late run. Right. And I do I want to make a correction for the record because I had not uh, I had not deep dove this as much as I should before we did this podcast, which we do on a Tuesday. Uh Austin Brown has taken over as the online vote leader right now with 7,301 votes. This is as of 1 o'clock on Tuesday. And Sam Johnson has fallen down to second with 6,208. So we are not going to change what we're doing. Dwan Mathis uh, has only got 115 votes uh, this season, so the Oak Park uh, crew did not really come out and support him as much as we would have liked them to. Um, But I will say this. Dwan Mathis is still going to fall out of the race, however— Sam Johnson has got an opportunity this week to really uh, impress the selection committee, and uh, it's going to give an opportunity for some other guys perhaps to get in. Maybe Julian Barnett climbs back into the top ten if we feel Sam Johnson uh, is not up to snuff. Maybe Tate Halleck at Forest Hill Central to get caught up with what he's been doing over the last week. Keegan Kohler at Catholic Keegan Kohler's got two big games coming up. Yes. He's got the Boys Bowl and then possibly the Prep Bowl after that. And there that. could be somebody that we haven't even really talked about yet because there's a lot of guys who are having amazing seasons that maybe even on our watch list that could just jump right into the top ten because of the way they played the last few weeks. So that's what's happening uh, with Mr. Football. So congratulations to Austin Brown. Uh, number one, and the Madison Heights-Madison contingent out there that's uh, really uh, rooting and, and, hard for And him. to quote uh, DJ Khaled, all this kid does is win, win, yes. win, win. I mean, that's it's, you know, it's like over 40 wins uh, on his yeah. career. I think he's uh, over 6,000 yards uh, passing. Um He's just he's the total package. And again, that's gonna if he ends up the online vote chance, it's really gonna help him when because we talked about the fact of a of a you know level of competition. It's gonna that's gonna even that right out. And uh, again, um, there's gonna be some good teams that they face in the Division Six playoffs. There always are. You know, some schools from around the state that uh, you know are gonna come in undefeated with a lot of playoff points. So he's gonna he, have this opportunity I, to win this thing. I think he could. He, I think he literally only has like three losses in his whole career. Yeah, and that should that that should. You have that many wins. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I mean that yeah. that that yeah. that influences. Don't quote me on that number, that, but it's a right. very low that number. That influences the selection committee. We could yeah. say that. That uh, you know what I mean. To be a winner is what this award is about. Because he wasn't um, under center with the uh, his sophomore year when Catholic Central went to the uh, state finals and right. lost. He wasn't the starter. Well, he was the starter, but he got hurt in the. Uh, in the semifinals. So that's what's going on with the Hungry Always Mr. Football Race. Go to our website, statechampsnetwork.com. Vote now. Again, we'll have Steve Walker uh, onto that page and load it up, ready to take votes coming up in the next couple of days. So by Thursday, you'll have him up there. Uh, if you're looking for him now and you're wondering why you can't vote for him right now, by Thursday, we will have him up, hopefully sooner. So uh, here's what's going on uh, with the Anvil Award. So really, the Anvil Award, the way it is broken down, again, because uh, as tough as it is to uh, weigh stats unless they're playing offense, like Marcel Lewis is for Chippewa right. Valley and make a big play. Right yeah, exactly. Um, this is our top ten. Most likely, unless somebody suffers some catastrophic injury, somebody from our wait, our watch list will uh, work them way work their way into the thing. And um, and that also could include we talked about Marvin Grant. Maybe even uh, if he has an opportunity and we if somebody does fall out, who goes in? Uh, we can discuss that when that happens. But our list is at our website. Uh, Justin Rogers, Logan Brown, Devontae Dobbs, Anthony Bradford, Lance Dixon, Carson Barnhart, Michael Fletcher, Rook Orhorhoro, Adam Berghurst, 
Marcel Lewis. And all ten of these guys are blue chips. Yeah. Blue all ten chips. Of these guys have major power oh. conference interests or are committed to power Huge. conference. Huge. Four of our watch list are blue lit, blue yes, chips. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know. It's just amazing the it, depth of. It's, it, it's it's unbelievable. On the line right now, we're yeah. just getting a rash of. Of, of, of super studs in the trenches. Right, and we talked about Dewan Mathis in Oak Park. Justin Rogers isn't going anywhere off this list right out of the way that he has performed this year. Actually, our only junior uh, okay. on the list. The rest are all seniors. Uh, but again, uh, you know, some of these teams, you know, Zeeland East has got a big one coming up this week. We're going to talk about a little bit later against Zeeland West. Either, um, all these kids are either going to the Big yeah. Ten or yeah. the yeah. SEC. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean it's insane. <laughs> It's awesome. That, that tells you all you need to know. And it's so great. And this is the award here. We yeah. talked about earlier the Anvil Award. This is a smaller version of what will eventually be given out. Uh, but, again, this is something I, I think we're so kind of thrilled to do, uh, even though we can't, you know, break down as much individual performances because these are, are linemen for the most part. Um, the great thing is, you know, we can say later on when – you know, uh, Adam Berghorst or Logan Brown is getting drafted into the NFL that, hey, he was a, a, a state champs Anvil Award winner or finalist or, you know, competitor because uh, well, they're making noise at the next level, you know, and in they a, couple will. Sat- or a couple years from now on Saturday. Absolutely. They will be. And for some of these, it will be next year yeah. on Saturday. That's how good they are. Like Ladarius Jefferson, our Mr. Football last year. Yep. You know, true freshman at Michigan State getting carries. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Some of the the upside on some of these guys is so high, and it's going to be very, very uh, fun. If you're curious as to what's happening with the vote, well, Lance Dixon right now, the fine uh, linebacker out of uh, West Bloomfield, is uh, right now uh, leading the, the vote. Amer- the All American, All American. That's right. Five thousand four hundred and fifty-one votes for Lance. Again, talked about. Big games. They've got some big games coming yeah. up. No doubt about it. They got the, they're running the gauntlet at the end of the year. And again, that's going to really help him uh, when we come down to choosing our final four and eventually our champion of the games that these guys, West Bloomfield, if they run the table, they're going to have a they're going to run through a gauntlet and of I, great teams. And I've heard that uh, I haven't seen them the last couple of weeks, but I heard that Dixon's getting some snaps on offense now. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Right. right. Four three uh, six yep. two f- runs a four three. Absolutely. I had some catches, I believe, yeah. not, not this past week. Yeah. I think he had a touchdown had to, against so. uh, yep. Adams yep. two weeks ago. So, uh, so anyway, that's uh, so so you know, good on him and uh, and the West Bloomfield community coming out for him. Uh, Rook or Horhoro is uh, second with uh, almost three thousand votes. Again, this is at uh, Tuesday at one p.m. Eastern, and then everybody kind of else just kind of falls to the pack. Justin Rogers, kind of a distant third right now. Everybody else just you know. Um, with uh, you know several hundred or less than that votes, uh, but again, if if you win the online vote, you're automatically in that final four, and this is going to be a tough final four for us to choose yeah. uh, because uh, I you know I'm envisioning Oak Park, East Kentwood, Belleville, Muskegon, West Bloomfield, maybe Flint, Carmen Ainsworth, definitely River Rouge, most very likely Zealand East, and definitely Chippewa Valley to make deep runs in the playoffs. These are all teams. I mean, these are all players on good teams. So they are going to be having lots of big game performances and their level of competition, especially for, like, Logan Brown. My goodness, who they played this season, that's high. So, I mean, you know, this is kind of where it is. Belleville normally would not even be in that level of competition ranking, but because they're now in the KLAA, 
they've helped their They're case. They're going to be hanging uh, sacks and, and, and pancake blocks well, well into November. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come out, Alan True will join us for the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report, and then we're going to come back and talk about the top games for Week 8 of the football season and make our predictions. So we still got a long way to go. We're kind of only a little over halfway done, so hope you're enjoying it. Again, you can reach out to us on our contact page or on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, again, the podcast now down to once a week, and we'll be back for the rest of it right after this.